Today's episode of the show is brought to you by our friends at Bandzoogle. Bandzoogle is built by musicians for musicians. It's an all-in-one platform that makes it easy to build a beautiful website and EPK for your music. Uh, I would know I'm working on a, a site over at Bandzoogle as well right now, and it's really easy to make, and you can get everything uh, up and running pretty quickly from hosting a custom domain name. Uh, you got dozens of fully customizable design templates and tools to sell your music and merch commission-free, which we love to hear as musicians. Uh, there's commission-free crowdfunding, fan subscription features, mailing list tools to grow your audience, social media integration, and live support from their musician-friendly team seven days a week. So if you want to support the show, and if you want to help yourself while you're at it, direct support podcast listeners can go to bandzoogle.com. You can try it free for 30 days and use the promo code direct support, all one word, to get 15% off the first year of any subscription. That's bandzoogle.com, promo code direct support. Bandzoogle. What is up, y'all? My name is Peter Shrupp, and I'm your host. Welcome to Direct Support. It's my podcast where I interview other musicians, you know, when we talk about music and then other stuff. You've, you've heard them before. They're shows for your ears. And uh, anyway, sorry, I'm babbling. Um, my guest this week is a young man by the name of Charlie Hickey. He's a beautiful songwriter, gorgeous voice, really sweet person. Um, we had a good time talking. We, we met once at a bootleg show where I saw him. Never heard of him before. He's playing with Skull Crusher, which is a band with some of my friends in it. He was uh, one of the opening acts and just killed it. And I was pretty blown away by his voice and his songwriting. And um, and so, yeah, I know I, after looking up uh, his story a little bit more, you know, because we were going to chat, he kind of got swept into the vortex that is uh, beautiful music of Phoebe Bridgers and Friends. And uh, I'll let him in the episode, explain that origin story and, and the, the genesis of their friendship. But it's really, it's really interesting and cool. And, and now he and Phoebe's co-writer and drummer, Marshall Vore are working on his solo stuff. And so he's got one song out. So I implore you to follow that Spotify link of his so you can keep track of his release radar and when stuff comes out. Because I, I know I'm really stoked to hear uh, other songs besides No Good at Lion, which is his song that is out that features Phoebe and... And it's just a, it's a beautiful track, and that's what will be performed here. So before we get to all that, just a reminder, if you got any questions or anything, hit me up at dswithps at gmail.com. That's ds for direct support. Or hit me up on the Instagram at directsupportpod or the Twitter, whatever it is. Do me a favor, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please leave me a five-star rating or a review for the show would be awesome as well. And uh, make sure you subscribe and share it with a friend. Um, this has been super fun. We're winding down for the year. We're only going to have one more show this year. And so I appreciate you being here and listening and turning this into something bigger than what I expected at the beginning of all of it. It's really been a buck wild experience. It's been really cool. Oh, God. So, yeah, the last thing I have on this is we talk about the fact that this was recorded on Election Day on the Tuesday. I don't know why I didn't have the foresight to schedule it differently, but he was very sweet to um, share his time with me at, at, a, at a stressful time. So it was great to to talk about that and hear it back now in context, <laughs> retrospectively. All right, y'all, let's dig in. Here's Charlie Hickey with an acoustic performance of No Good at Lying. 
sister's smiling, she's all holding her breath through the tunnel, laughing so loud, and she's gonna take us to some party. Subconscious, it felt like it added up. Feeling safe inside a truck that doesn't exist. My alarm clock, it's ringing, it's calling my bluff. I'm no good at lying, I'm no good at staying asleep. I'm no good at lying on my back through my teeth. We can fly and still talk, be at the higher Sophia. We can see my grandma. She's been gone for so long Been looking for you all my life Just didn't know it at the time As soon as I opened my eyes It's all over I'm no good at lying I'm no good Staying asleep, I'm no good at lying on my back or through my teeth, but I'm good at dreaming. I'm so good at dreaming, I can do it in my sleep. I'm so good at dreaming. Hello. Yo. Hey. How's it going? It's going great. Nice to nice to meet you. Likewise, nice to meet you over the uh, the internet here. I'll I'll remove my face so you're not just staring at me. And I'm well, that's nothing. okay. We're <laughs> not like we're we're not recording it yet, are we? Uh, yes. Now we are. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Well, that, that's fine. Just uh, telling my, I'm just telling my mom not to come into my room. Oh, by all means. <laughs> Dude, I, I have to apologize off the jump just cause, uh, I didn't really think about what mental states would be like today. I was just like, Tuesdays are open for me. Oh, <laughs> no problem. I mean, I, I'm, I'm totally, I'm totally fine to do this it's a nice it's a nice distraction that was kind of my that was kind of my impression and opinion as well was like yeah i would rather be busy today than staring at cnn or whatever yeah it's and you know we must look at the the show must go on <laughs> in some capacity even if the show is like you know released later and we do this now but yeah, yeah. cool thanks for doing this man I, i'm really excited to talk to you my pleasure um like have I, I have to assume things have been kind of whirlwindy for you right now? Is, am I am I crazy in thinking that? I, I I mean I guess 
in comparison to how they usually are. <laughs> they've exactly. been they've been just like ever so slightly more a whirlwindy. <laughs> not which is not saying much sure um but i guess it's been I, it's been a little whirlwindy just i mean i haven't put music out in a very long time and i just did so it's felt pretty uh pretty wild and all pos- all positive yeah i always feel like that's a that's a funny feeling when you're just like okay like there's all this potential of like the date leading up to when i finally drop a song yeah. and then you put the song out and then you're like Okay, now you can hear it, and even if it's good stuff, you still have that like, like it never feels as good as the potential or something. Yeah, it's like I have this thing in general where I always, I always feel like things are never crazy when they're happening. Like things are only <laughs> crazy in the abstract. Like as soon as something's happening, it's like, oh, like of course this is the way it is. Of course this song is out. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if you remember us meeting. We met only briefly, but I saw you play that show with Skull Crusher. Yeah. And another bummer was that. That was that show, yes, right? Yes, that was very fun. That was really fun. And I definitely... So, I mean, first instinct was like, I look at you guys sound checking. I don't know you. <laughs> and I look around and I'm like, well, that's a hell of a band, you know? like uh, Yeah. Right? And, and then you guys started and I was just really... I was pretty blown away, not just with your voice, but also like... You got you got a knack for turning a phrase. Oh, and I was really stoked. Thank you very much. Yeah, that was like the yeah that was like the last show that I did. I mean, that was like pretty damn close. I mean, that might have been February or January, like pretty close to when yeah. we weren't allowed to do jack shit. No, yeah, but that was. I mean, that was a fun show and like great. I don't know. It just ended up being kind of like the perfect like insulated lineup in a way. You know, yeah, I loved it. That was one of my favorite shows that I've ever played for sure. But you're you've done bootleg a bunch, haven't you? Yeah, a bunch. I did my best. I did my best to research you because I try to research people who I don't know as well. <laughs> and uh, I was like, okay, well, by, based on the things that uh, the you know the little that exists uh, online when you have just a song out, right, and whatnot, you know, it's basically that like, you know, y- young fella bio. And, 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 uh, and this like one singular podcast that you guys had already recorded you and Phoebe had done. Oh, the, the launch left thing. Yeah. Yeah. How was that? That was, that was a lot of fun. That was at the bootleg. Um, that was pretty surreal. It was like, felt like everything coming full circle, like in terms of my like friendship with Phoebe and everything just like, yeah, I I guess for listeners, do you want to just like run, run down that, that discovery story a bit? Sure. I, when I was around 13, um, I literally, my, like my mom's best friend whose daughter was a really good friend of Phoebe's in high school. Um, they were like, we know this girl who is amazing. And she was just a, like a high, in high school, like playing around LA. Um, and we went to see her and it was sort of, it was sort of like a personal turning point for me like i was very much into music and had been playing it all my life but i mm-hmm. saw phoebe and like I, I i it sort of solidified um some things for me uh and then i became a super fan um and i did a cover of her song on youtube and then she saw it and we sort of became friends that way which um, track was it? Do you remember? Oh, it's a it's a really old one. Like not that it hasn't been on any album or anything. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's even better. Um 
Yeah, I don't know if it's even... I think my version of it is on the internet, but I don't know if hers is. Um, yeah, but yeah, that so is just wild to like sit there and tell the story and just look at uh, all that, <laughs> all that has happened. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I look at that from a lot of angles. I look at it from your angle, which is like I have, you know, if you're somebody getting into music, especially like indie, sad stuff or whatever, like you you know, you get obsessed with artists and then you're just a huge fan of this person, maybe you and a couple of your friends, but the truth is they might not be big or anything. They're just like your favorite artist, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then the other side of it too is like, I am, you know, in a, (laughs) I don't know, middling band, like somebody, like I'm at a size in my band where like, I, you know, we have fans in, in, in cities and I kind of know who I'm going to see when we tour and play certain rooms. <laughs> like I know right. the people in the audience. So like, that's kind of like, you have fans, but you like, you, it's like not enough fans that you can sort of like, like, you know who they are. Yeah, exactly. It's not, <laughs> it's like enough to where like, I know that if we're playing in Arizona or Baltimore, like I can at least expect to like recognize the front two or three rows, which yeah. is kind of crazy, but that's just you know, like a specific level. So I got a few, you know, I don't know. I just felt like I was like, I can relate to both sides of this coin right now. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what did it look like when y'all were like, I don't know, like beginning a friendship with somebody and then being like, Oh yeah, I believe in this a lot. Like people are going to start believing in this. Cause, cause it sounds like, you know, 13 is young and like that definitely will solidify your desire to like keep up being a songwriter. Yeah. At the time I was like, I was playing, like I was writing I was writing some songs that were um, not not very good in my opinion, uh-huh. um, and I was like, I, I I had been playing like I had been playing like some places like like little coffee shops and stuff, um, and I don't know. I met I met Phoebe and we started like she she invited me to uh, like come up and do a song at one of her shows that was at like this funny like in this like courtyard in old town Pasadena <laughs> but it was but at the time it was like I was it was like the most exciting thing that ever happened to me because 100% I was like Phoebe is asking me to play and obviously it's it's still it's just as exciting but even like whether it whether it's like some big venue or the old this courtyard it's like this, a very similar a similar feeling <laughs> yeah exactly infused playing for in front of people with also like child wonderment right yes exactly (laughs) but then but then after that i sort of started to like play bigger places and by bigger places i mean very small places small clubs are big places yes (laughs) but yeah it was just sort of a, a just she was just an inspiring force to have around um that's just awesome man i i i like i really like um I don't know. There's like a, an earnestness about that story at least. Cause it's the most wholesome, like fandom combined with like, you know, desire, desire for a bigger thing. But then that shit doesn't matter if it can't be backed up with a good voice and good song. Oh the, yeah. Compliment. And, but also how I actually feel. <laughs> all wrapped up. <laughs> um, Thank you. Of course, dude. I, and so w- tell me about, tell me about Marshall and, and kind of that relationship. Cause it sounds like he, he's been the, the teammate on this record, huh? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I met Marshall when I was about 16. So like a few years later, um, through Phoebe. Um, and we, I think one day we just like 
saw each other around a little bit. And one day we just decided that we were going to try to record a song together. Um, and we were, I think it was like his first ever or one of his first times producing ever. So I mm -hmm. was, it was like, I was like a test subject a little bit. <laughs> um, You're the lab rat. Yes, definitely. But it was, it was amazing. And we, we just kind of quickly discovered that we like really, really vibe as <laughs> vibe vibe as collaborators um <laughs> it's it's actually unfortunate that vibe is warped now i think yeah it's a, because it it's is exactly time. it's exactly what i mean like that is what i mean yeah unfortunately it's like the perfect way to encapsulate what it is when you really enjoy somebody's energy alone yeah yeah but also like we're vibing it normal and destigmatized vibe <laughs> Dude, now we're talking about the real issues. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And so how how many tracks is this album? Are you guys you're, are you all done? What's what's the I don't know plan? I guess. Well, I, I guess we have the plans like f still formulating as we yeah. speak. We Great. we've over the past year or so we've recorded like just a shit ton of songs recorded and written and um we're still trying to figure out like exactly um exactly what the plan is for all of them. But the plan is definitely to release something more very soon. I I feel that. I think that, the, you know, because when I saw you, I felt like there was like chuckling where you were just like, hey, I'm Charlie, like, I'm not on the internet or something. What's that? What's that? I feel like when I saw that show at the bootleg, you were like, what's up? I'm Charlie. Like, these are some songs. You can't really hear them anywhere. Like, that was kind yeah. of like the joke. Like, there's like a couple of giggles. Like, people knew, like... Yeah, he, you must have taken... Did you, like, just take down all your stuff or something? I, I did take down all my stuff, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I guess it's it's kind of been, like, an inside joke, of, like, with some of my friends of, of them being like, when the hell are you going to, like, put this music out? And then I'll say, like, a time, and then it, it, it never is that time. Yeah. So it's kind of like a... <laughs> I've learned to just like not not uh, tell people when stuff is coming out. You have to. You actually have to keep it to yourself. I, I mean, yeah. I do. We do the same because we think a song's coming out. Like we, you know, we had these two singles that were going to come out on the tour that we were going to do before the whole yeah. country shut down, and so like or the world, I guess. But like, you know, so once we had to stay home, like those songs just sat. Yeah. <laughs> we did the same thing. People were like, when is it? When am I get to hear this song? I'm like, I'll just send you the private SoundCloud link. Like, <laughs> yeah, <know>? exactly. <laughs> but um. But yeah, that that's that's also the proverbial joke too of like, <laughs> yeah, I'm releasing stuff. Like it's like the guy going solo and always talking about his solo record that doesn't come out a bit, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah just keep it into the vaguest terms possible. For as as exactly. You can. <laughs> but how's how's your how's your quarantine been looking in general? It's been it's been all right. I I feel like. I think a lot of people have been, but I've been kind of turning the corner where I'm not like, I'm not like counting down the days to, to it being over. Sure. Well, obviously because it's not going to be over for a while, but I, I've just sort of like lost that. Like, this is a temporary thing. Uh, I I'm like, this is life now. And I'm kind of like, <laughs> I'm kind of like not that bummed out about it on a daily, on a daily basis. It's a weird um, surrender, isn't it? You know? I don't know. How's your quarantine? Mine's been good. I mean, honestly, like I, I did the same. I, I, um, step one was like, let's all as a band. Cause I've been in this band for like five years. Like, let's just take a minute and let's all like buzz off and like, just, you know, chill and not worry about like promoting thyself all the time. You De know, definitely. 
And then I started this podcast because I just gave, I needed to give myself a due date. So you started this during quarantine? Well, I, I had planned to start it earlier and I had yeah. started recording episodes like last October and had right. some friends like just come over and record episodes. So I had them totally. chambered, but it kept getting back, like pushed back, you know, just like you pushing back a single, like if we would go on tour, I wasn't going to be able to have a weekly podcast out if I'm gone for six weeks, you know? Right. And, um, that basically like happened twice and this finally like was the, the nudge in the right direction to get me to actually do it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also like this, like, you know, you and I probably, I probably wouldn't have had the gall to be like, Hey guy I met once, like come to my apartment and like talk to me in my bedroom or like, (laughs) why don't you just like hop on a zoom sometime and we'll just chat, you know? Yeah, it's a nice excuse to just to just hang to just hang. <laughs> yeah, and or 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 like my last guest said, he's like, uh, I feel like the music industry has beckoned me just because you sent me an email, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, That's funny. Yeah, which I'm like, okay, good. I, I get to in uh, I guess inhabit the, the persona of the music industry for once. That's a lot. That's a that's a that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think it's. I guess it's mostly negative now that I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, that's good, man. And, and so you live, you live in Pass, roughly? Yeah, I live in, I live in South Pasadena. Nice. Um, with my, with my mom. Nice. We're not far. I'm in Los Feliz. Feliz until I was three. And then we moved here. S- nice. I mean, I yeah. love it here. You, you, you get to have a little bit more stability and less LA, right? Yeah. It's, a, it's a nice kind of. It- Sorry, I lost you for a second. Say that again. Oh, just I feel like Los Feliz is a nice kind of middle ground between I agree. like chill and yeah, alive. So I, I'm just you know I I feel kind of bad, but also it's like part of your story. Like I feel like you're gonna just get like bashed over the head with questions about your youth as you are making music and all this, right? Yeah, <laughs> potentially. <laughs> like go for, like go for, go for it. <laughs> I mean, I'm just I really am curious. You know, it's like you you kind of have like a nice. I feel like chance to, to, to release some stuff and, and like, like, dude, no good at lying has been on repeat for me. And then I like told my girlfriend about it and she's like, oh yeah, I've, I heard that song today is awesome. <laughs> you oh know? wow. That's, yeah. that's so nice. I'm so glad. So I'm so excited like for that. And also, um, thinking like, well, every time it's brought up, somebody's gonna be like, yeah, he just turned 21 or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's good to, it's good to, I guess, like, like milk that for as long as you can. <laughs> Right. What's well, what's sure is better than like he's 35, right? I guess. I mean, that's kind of cool too. Everything has its own like I it's good to be like an extreme age. There we go. Good to be like really old. Yeah. Or like really young. I agree actually. I'm 26. It's probably the least exciting age you could be. That's a pretty I don't know. Not to I mean, <laughs> also what I'm saying isn't actually true, but I was just going to say it's funny how like if if you like grow up, I don't know if you like played music in high school or, or what. Um, I I did not in LA, but yeah, I grew up you know doing the high school bands and pop punk bands yeah. and everything. Totally, that's awesome. Um, I was just gonna say like it's funny when you're playing music at that age, everything is just through the lens of like, oh, you're really good, like for that for your age, <laughs> and then that time comes when you're just like, you become just like another another artist yeah like, and that's kind of a weird uh thing to navigate yeah i guess you, you go from gimmick to not a gimmick y- yes yes and that was the other thing too is like um 
being the kid because you know you're closer to high school than than i am like and i still remember i was basically guitar guy unfortunately like did you fall <laughs> under the like musician person category did i yeah i think yeah. i think i cultivated that for myself for <laughs> same <sure>. yeah <laughs> Like you, you just going around being like, do you guys understand? I have a special skill. I have one. <laughs> I think I sort of like, I was like the persona that I like took on in high school was very like soft, like, mm. like, well, because just being a guy with an acoustic guitar, like, <laughs> which is very much what I was, was at that point. Yeah. It's like, people are just like, like, I don't know. People were like, fucking mumford and son's ass like (laughs) mumford and son's ass like just saw 22 drum street so like that's their joke (laughs) yeah i guess like yeah i totally understand that like did you play in bands too or was it always singer songwriter i i didn't really play in bands i like had people that i would play with at live shows and stuff but Mm -hmm. um it was always like me yeah it was always around you writing yeah well, okay, let me talk about this song because cause I really like I'm No Good Lion. And was there like a concrete reason like you or you and Marshall deciding that this is going to be the first thing that you that you drop? No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> um, we really just like I, we, we were considering like a, a bunch of different songs for the, okay. the first single. Um, and just went back and forth like a million times um, and finally just arrived at this and um, just like <laughs> went far enough along in the process so that we couldn't turn back <laughs> and or rethink it. But I, I, I mean, I think it's the right call. You think so? Well, I I'm sure glad. do. I mean, I don't look otherwise. All I really know is like what I could find was that one launch live is that what it's called? Launch oh, left? yeah. Launch left. Yeah. Left. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. And it was like, uh, you know, so I got to hear a couple other tracks. And so that's really, you know, all I can even ask you about it are three songs. But I think uh-huh. you made the right call because because here's what it has. It has like a solid vibe, first of all. And that's and then it has a good it has a couple of good surprises lyrically and like turn of phrase. And it has a nice little vocal run. So if I'm thinking of it purely like, I don't know, way if I embody the music industry once more, I'm like, okay, there's a vibe (laughs) and there's, uh, there's like something impressive and, uh, like lyrics that like can get me in inside of a a little bit of like who you are as a songwriter. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I think I'm glad it, I'm glad it feels that way. That's Um, my over analysis. (laughs) I think there, I think there was something about it. I think maybe what drew us to it as a single was just that it's very like simple and universal in a way yeah. that some of them aren't, and it might be might be a good like introduction. Yeah, I mean, because like that line, you know, I'm not good at lying. What is it? Uh, on my back or through my teeth? Yeah. Oh, I love that. And then uh, I'm good at dreaming. I can do it in my sleep. Yeah. How often are you writing in general? Like at that time, there was a time when, um, I was writing a lot, like really intentionally. Um, like I would go over, go over to Marshall's a lot. We kind of did, we kind of did like a, we decided we were just going to take a month to like try to write songs and demo them. So some of them would be like, I'd bring in an idea that was like mostly finished or half finished or Mm -hmm. 
sometimes we'd completely start something from scratch together. Um, but, um, so I was, so in that time I was like writing every day. Um, then like at the beginning of quarantine, I was writing like often, but a little more sporadically. And lately I've been just like really not writing a lot, which is actually really nice. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, part of that is like good for you on the DIY end. It's so hard to treat it like an album cycle in the DIY vibe, you know, it kind of takes like, let's, you know, it takes like scheduling a month to say, this is all we're doing this month. Right. Cause that'll push you in that period of time. And hopefully you can try to capture, cause that's the thing. I mean, dude, I, I, f- I feel the same way where like right now I'm not writing. If you asked me two months ago, I, w- I was writing every day and a yeah. little bit before that I wasn't, you know, like totally it always comes I think it's kind of like cyclical and it's not exactly easy to track, but you hope like, all right, like let's be inspired the month that I'm working on this. Right. I mean, I think it's, I I think it's easier for me to just like get in the zone. Um, like whenever, if I'm writing with somebody else. Mm -hmm. Um, but in terms of like writing by myself, I mean, I feel like I've learned, like, I've done both things. Like, I've forced myself to sit down and write, and I've just waited around for inspiration. And both are, you know, like, have merit. Yeah. But I feel like lately I've just been, like, wa- like kind of make trying not to fatigue myself. That's good. I mean, I'm trying to think right now. Like, when I force myself to write, you find you always get something. But sometimes when, like, I don't know. Like the fatigue is important. Like you don't want to be giving up on the right idea because you've been overworking it. If that makes sense. Totally. No, I, I, I agree with that. I think it's like, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big advocate for like working on a song till it is like, till you hate it. Like, (laughs) um, but like, but I mean, I think like, like, something that's happened something I've been doing more lately is like, I'll literally just like, I'll write a, I'll write like a few lines Mm -hmm. and then just be like, I can stop there and wait till I have more lines because, and how how many of those songs do you finish? How many of those songs do I finish? Well, I feel like I usually, I mean, I've finished a few songs like that, like doing it like that, um, during quarantine. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it's just like, I think it's just like, sometimes I think it's good to like, I don't know, you know, like, I don't like to, I don't like writing things that then I think are shitty. Like, <laughs> of course, man. Like that's a, of, I mean, hot take. I know. obviously. <laughs> but like, no, but I know what you mean. Cause I sometimes will finish something and I think it's shitty, but I'm doing it just to finish it. Like I've been on like the trip of like, let's do that exercise. Let's just finish it. And it means that you might, do something that you are not happy with totally which is like obviously is going to happen but i I think it's like also sometimes i get in the habit of like thinking things are done and just like making peace with them when Mm. it's maybe not time to i like just i like just like letting things sit and breathe sure lately i think that's good i mean also part of that i always think about how like the most excited you are for a song is like right after you finish it so if you do sit and let it breathe then you get to like last longer on your excitement for that individual idea. Totally. You know? Um, and when you were recording a Marshall, is that a place that has a full band set up? Uh, yeah. Like it has a live room and yeah. Yeah. 
Yes. Oh, that's great. So do, how many of these songs are simple like this, stripped down kind of mostly acoustic and vocals, and how much is like full dynamic? I don't know. I would say like, I would say probably most of them have some sort of drum or bass on them. Mm-hmm. This is, I mean, this is like the most, uh, or one of the most stripped down ones. Got but, it. But like, there's a few that are more rocky. Um, then there's a few that are like somewhere in the middle. Um, but we've like, if they're all over the place, man, like we've, we've done a lot of experimenting. Thank God. That's, that's so exciting. Yeah. Like I, uh, cause I'm down for the downbeat singer songwriter, but it's like, if you have everything at your disposal, like go for broke, right? Yeah, absolutely. And just, yeah, just throw stuff, throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. That's tight. Yeah. Do, I, I saw that somebody said that you were like co-writing with Phoebe as well on like having done some writing on, on Stranger in the Alps and Punisher. Is that true? That is false. Okay. You got false information out there, my guy. Wow. <laughs> I mean, okay, uh, actually, yeah, I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask which songs and, and uh, I'm glad I don't have to now, you know, clear it up. No. Yeah. Um, um, unfortunately, unfortunately, no. <laughs> <laughs> Cause one of the things that I came to terms with was that like now at this point, having done music, especially in the city of Los Angeles for long enough, like most of what I listen to is my friends. Like I'm a fan of my friends now, you know, like bands like Skull Crusher and Runner, like it's, you know, friends first. And then I, and I feel like you might be an interesting, like uh perspective on the exact opposite, which is being a fan and then befriending those acts, mm. you know? Yeah, well, it's ha- it's definitely happened both ways mm-hmm. for me. Like, be- being a fan and then being a friend or being a friend and then being a fan. Yeah. I guess it's, I mean, it's, I guess, like, I mean, my, like, I definitely have a lot of friends that I'm a, a big super fan of. That's great, man. It, it, yeah. it, it makes you, I don't know, the right person in a crowd, I guess, right? Like, goofing around at a show, but still but you mean it. You like them, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. God, I miss that yeah. a lot. Were you, yeah. did, were you kind of regular at a lot of shows for a while? I, I, I went to the bootleg, you know, a whole bunch. Constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Just I really like, love that place. Yeah. I love it too. And I mean, it's such like, I, I owe a lot to that place in terms of, um, like, like Kyle and Sid the cat. Um, mm-hmm. I think like uh, there was one of my first shows that I feel like was kind of like a like slightly next like next tier, mm-hmm. <laughs> like and it feels more <laughs> like my like my community now kind of revolves around. If it, re- it had to revolve around a venue, it would be that venue, and just everybody's so kind and like. Yeah, that's I mean that's crucial, man, and especially. Uh... And they're, you know, they're, they're pretty thoughtful there and, you know, like, yeah, Kyle's great. And, but that place has been through so much like redevelopment, you know, like for a period there, you would like walk in every day in a month and you're like, oh, the stage is somewhere else or like the green room <laughs> has shifted. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so like, I feel like they finally figured it out and now we can't go. <laughs> I know. I know. It's so sad. Yeah. I really do. I really do miss the bootleg. 
Yeah. So back to the writing a little bit. Do you have like a specific perspective that you enter things with? You know, when I think about like your, I don't know, something like lion and like having, you know, multiple meanings for that. Or I think about like two haunted houses. I think about that cat line. Oh. Kind of, <laughs> that's it's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So when you're asking a, a specific perspective, like, I guess, I guess I, how, how, how do you approach, how do you approach your lyrics? Um, how do I approach them? I mean, it's, it's, it's really like no one way, but, um, I think usually I like, I just start writing usually with some sort of melody or chords in mind beforehand, I think. Uh Um, and I'll just like write and then I'll usually like go back and, um, change stuff or like be changing stuff on the spot. Be like, no, no, that's, that's not right. But I'll just kind of, I'll like be typing stuff into my phone and then deleting it and then like just like trying on different stuff i like that it's a you phone writer in general i am a phone writer which i don't know like i feel like maybe i should experiment with doing something else because maybe it would be inspiring well in general i'm a i'm a paper writer and i'm a phone like voice memo person right and but I still need to like type it up at the end to like commit the lyrics to memory ultimately. Yeah. See, I, I like never do that. I think like the, the places that I like archive my songs are mostly in voice memos. Yeah. Well, I was, I was having that conversation with a buddy of mine where he was like, Oh dude, like that's interesting. Like voice memos are your, uh, Oh, what do you call it? He called it my like workbook or my notebook or something like that, voice that's mem- exactly, that's exactly right though. Yeah. voice memos are also my notebook but he the reason it was funny is because he's more of like a electronic producer type Uh uh-huh so he was like talking about how like his workbook is logic but it's also where he has to have finished products yeah that that's interesting that that is what's so wild about when i think about like being a being a producer is like there's no yeah there's no like there's no line between between like just like fuck around experiment space and like we're making an album now. So, yeah, I really need that because I need the like studio time to be booked for me to be like, all right, let's take this song seriously. Yeah, I like like sometimes I get envious of people that have like really good setups at home. <laughs> me too. But but ultimately, I feel like I like the I like the thing of like being like, okay, it's time to go to the place now where you make your album. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, that's, that would be the difference of if you were just like doing a good logic setup instead of your voice memo, like you, I don't know, for me, I feel like you can't quite capture the feeling as much, even if it's going to sound better. You mean if you're just at home? I mean, if you're just like, yeah, I don't know. There's something about it. It's like, there's, to me, there's like tracking it as an idea and as like a song being written. And then there's like tracking it for a record. And those, I like, I'm with you. I like having that being a separate thing. Yeah. I mean, obviously some people have like beautiful studios at their homes. And for those people, I would say (laughs) like they should probably use them. Yeah. By all means. (laughs) But like, yeah, there's a certain, like it almost, it, it like feels a little too casual or something. Yeah. And and messy, maybe, you know, the fuck aroundery of it. Like I can't even think I don't know if I could really think of a song as a electronic producer might. It feels too nebulous to me to not have the structure, even if I'm not doing a straight up verse chorus, verse chorus thing. Yeah, it is. I mean, I've I've like 
I've like experimented with like making electronic music just for fun sure. um, before. Like I took a I took a class on Ableton in high school. Wow, that's a that's cool that a high school offered that. Yeah, no, it was it was incredible. Um, but I do find that like I can't like like sometimes I'm like oh like I I can like kind of do this like why don't I use this as a songwriting tool like. But I just can't do that. I, I can't think of production and songwriting. Like I need them to be separate. Like Yeah. For my process. Like I like I almost can't like I need to just start a song on a guitar. And if it becomes like completely electronic after that, that's cool. But like I don't have the ability to like it needs to start very like bare bones. You you played a track on the piano at that bootleg show, didn't you? Uh, yes. What song yeah. was that? Um, it's called Notre Dame. Is it, is that one of the ones on that y'all are working on? Um, yes. Yes. Here's the deal. That was so long ago that like that moment was, is so vague to me, but I really remember, I remember having really positive feelings about that song, but I have oh, no, no access to what it might sound like. Well, the, well, there is a recording of it and it sounds pretty much exactly like that. <laughs> Good. It's actually literally like a just just a piano vocal recording, like very raw. Um, mm-hmm. But that song, that song, I actually did start writing on guitar, and we like Marshall and I like recorded a version of it that was like kind of pop punk. Nice. It started as like a guitar ballad, and then we were like, "Oh, we should like speed this up." And then we were like, "Oh my, oh my god, this is horrible." <laughs> and then ultimately Marshall was just like, try playing it on the piano. And then we were like, okay, this is it. That's awesome, man. I mean, I, I have to assume that he's like the ultimate collaborator just from like stories I've heard, like how Scott street came together or whatever. Uh, like, yeah. I don't know. Is he must be really honest and like a good guide for you. He's very like, yeah, he's very honest. He's very, I mean, first thing that should be said is he's an amazing songwriter himself. Yeah, um, definitely. But he's very like um, he has like a very very high standard. Like he he's like he's like very much of the mindset of like keep going until you like until you are like so sure that you've gotten it. Like, <laughs> I mean that's great. Which is really like it, it's kind of like I don't we've like it it was kind of like when we first started writing together it was kind of like. Um, a little bit like startling. <laughs> yeah, for like, me. this is a bitch, dude. I thought I was done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but ultimately, it's really like so. Sometimes I like whether we're writing together or whether I'm just writing by myself. Sometimes I'll like I like hear Marshall's voice in my head a little bit. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Which is which which is totally good. Which is really good. Like yeah, I, I mean I yeah yeah. It'll get you to have well, you know, it's one of the things that like. I complain about kind of our our whole band. My band gets frustrated at how long we take to make a song. Cause we're all like kind of perfectionists. So like as soon as one person thinks something's ready, somebody else chimes in and we all kind of hate it cause it slows us down so much, but yeah. we don't put out a song unless we really like it. Period. Yeah, you know? definitely. So, I mean, I've take I I've like taken on that perspective a lot more like that, like things should be like, worked on like rather than i think there's a time when i was more of the mindset of just like just make music and throw it out there and it'll serve 
some purpose, which is, right. I also think is awesome. But like for me, it feels lately it's felt more right to like what I said, like let things breathe and like be sure that what you're putting out is like really what you want to put out. Yeah. You can always see the results of that in the song length. You know, you can like see when like a small song just remains small. You're like, okay, this is like kind of a one-off. Like this thing came out to be like two, two thirty or something. And then when something uh-huh. like starts to be around four minutes, but there's like a lot of patience with it, you know, that might not sound that long, but what it is is like fully worked out. Yeah. Or I mean, or it, it like, or fully working it out means making it shorter. I've had that, that, that I've had that experience too. Yeah. I definitely have, I, I, I have a song that I'm like stuck on that. I just won't, I won't throw it away. Like I, I don't have the balls to throw it away, but it's just clearly not good enough. And so I need to figure <laughs> out like what to do with it. Cause right now there's like, I don't know. There's like parts that are good and it doesn't go anywhere. And I've been sitting on this thing for actual years, you know? Oh, wow. One of those. Yeah. One of those. And it, and it's just like stuck in my craw. Like I don't know what to do with it. Well, it sounds like, it sounds like you, it sounds like you just figured it out. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) You know, it's just going to live the way it is (laughs) unless something drastic changes. Sorry. I'm getting notifications on my phone about the election. Oh, are they? Wait, what's happening? Well, it just says polls are starting to close in the 2020 election. Follow our live results and analysis throughout the night. Thank you, Apple News. But depending on what happens tonight, like when this podcast comes out, it's either going to be like very spooky to listen to or like very like, (laughs) yeah, I got to say I'm backed up like quite a few weeks with other episodes recorded. Yeah. So it's even more terrifying to think that like, oh, oh, the naivety. Or like, look at their dread. That's adorable. Uh, (laughs) I hope it's that one. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm feeling I'm feeling cautiously optimistic. Good for you. I'll go ahead and say that. That's really bold. Isn't that funny? (laughs) That felt so lukewarm and bold at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's like the least bold thing you could possibly say. (laughs) But at the same time, it's like, (laughs) yeah. So okay. So what? back to the youth because you're going to get bugged about that forever. But like, uh, are you going to school? Are you, are you in the middle of balancing anything? Or are you like, I'm full gung ho. Let's be musician guy right now. No, I'm, I'm fully, I mean, I'm balancing it. I'm balancing it. Um, with, uh, watching TV. Excellent. And, um, <laughs> no, I, um, well, I, I was, I went to, uh, Cal arts as a musician for a year. Um, but it was ultimately not for me. That was like uh, two two years ago now, I think. I yeah. want to say. Um, and I decided to just like, yeah, take some time to just like fully, fully give this a give this a go. I'm I'm stoked to hear that. The reason I ask is because I saw you have. Um, is it is it right? Let's see if this one's right. Internet um, singer songwriter <laughs> parents. Oh yes, that is correct. Okay, great. We got one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do um, have singer-songwriter parents. That has to be like a way more like I couldn't even relate to that. That sounds like a way more supportive and like a, an environment where you can actually turn to them to ask, you know. Oh, definitely. It's yeah, cuz I mean they both did the same thing. They both like neither of them finished school. Mm-hmm. Um they both did exactly the same thing actually. That's so. awesome, dude. What's what's that what what do those conversations look like for you? Oh, they're very well, I mean it's like it's a blessing sometimes and it's a curse sometimes. Cause it's like, 
<laughs> I was saying that it's like <laughs> I, I tweeted something that was kind of a joke, but it was it was actually based on a conversation that I had with my mom. <laughs> yeah. Where I was like, I was showing her I was showing her something that I had made and she was like giving me some feedback on it. Yeah. And and I was like, <laughs> but like I was just like I was joking, but I kind of meant it too. I was like, but isn't it just cool that I I did something? <laughs> <laughs> like it's just like when you have parents that aren't artists you can show them something that you made and they're just like yeah they're just like wow good job <laughs> I, I couldn't i couldn't do anything i couldn't do anything wrong in my mom's eyes so i'm just imagining yeah. my mom come back and be like dude that bridge is not strong enough no, no but that's yeah, literally my life <laughs> i mean i mean i welcome it too because i mean i value my parents mm-hmm. feedback a lot but sometimes you're just like, oh, wait, aren't you proud of me though? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For being a real musician. I love, I love that though. Cause there's so many angles on that, you know, like my dad is like a fucking computer engineer. So when I'm like, yeah. you know, Hey, I'm, I'm going to disappoint you for the next few years. Cause I'm going for it. And he's like, and he's like, okay, well, you know, have you thought about getting a job too at the same time? Like, I feel like you don't have to have those conversations, but you have to have this other thing that has never even crossed my mind. Totally. There's yeah. De- yeah. There's definitely there's definitely ups and da- upsides and downsides to both. Yeah. But um. But it's really awesome overall. I would say. And then the only other track that I know that you played was the one on that launch left was the one about with that line about uh, how you wanted to always be almost Christmas. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's such a great sentiment. We're in that right <laughs> now, and it's like so solid of like. Those are like some of the coziest lines ever. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's Thanks. just, it's, I mean, it's just a perfectly, you know, that feeling. And it's like a romantic feeling too. And it's like a wintry thing, even if we're in California. Like, yeah, I'm Jew, I'm Jewish, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> I don't, so like, Christmas is not even a, yeah, a part of my, a part of my life or anything. But, um, I Do guess you, it's like the, the, the just, I, I was just like, it's just like that feeling of like sometimes the like the the waiting for something is just mm-hmm. like that actually what is so fun that it's like not necessarily the the thing itself first of all that's hilarious and second <laughs> of all it makes it even better because it's like good into it i mean correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure if you said always be almost hanukkah it wouldn't work Mm-mm. at all no right? it doesn't there's <laughs> something just so sad about christmas you know yeah like, it, and and Hanukkah, I feel like there's nothing sad about Hanukkah. <laughs> like it's so like it's so there's just not as much of a like stigma and like 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 sadness associated with it. So there's no like, tragedy to it. It kind of is a yeah. coaster holiday in a sense. Yeah, so you can't really like say it in a sad song. Maybe it's because it lasts so long too. Yeah, or, like lasts, you never get to fully it enjoy so it either. Long, <laughs> you get yeah, it's. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I should say it in a song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not trying to force you to do it. I'm, yeah. I'm with what you did. I think that was the right call. <laughs> but, it's also um, just not as catchy. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah. when did you feel like you started to have control over your, like, wh- like you say you're like a soft singer. I was the kind of the opposite. I was playing in like pop punk bands. I was kind of yelling. I felt like I was always trying to like impress people by how loud I was. And like, uh, uh-huh it felt like it took a lot more confidence to, to, to be soft. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
Definitely. Uh, so why, why, why did you gravitate towards that? Or did you just have that awareness? Like, how did that work for you? I think it's like, I don't know, maybe like I, I listen to a lot of soft singers. Um, yeah. Like obviously, I mean, we are like me and all my friends were all like in the school of Elliot Smith and all that. And totally. like, so that's like, I think it's like, I think also like I, I write the kind of music where Marshall and I, we were joking about joking when we were recording something that we ended up recording it with like a really shitty lo-fi mic and like doubled and all soft, like Elliot Smith. Yeah. Like if we did like a hi-fi vocal that was like all soulful and like expressive, this would sound like an Ed Sheeran song. (laughs) You know, so it's like sometimes you have to actually cut back on your affectation, on your, like on your affect. Yeah. Cause ultimately we're all kind of writing pop songs, you know? Exactly. So it's like really like how you present it can really make the difference. Really? Totally. Yeah. Oh man, that's, I mean, that's an important distinction. A lot of people think this, a song is a song is a song and like maybe, but also, what does that, but what does that mean? I mean, like, I think that a lot of people think that like, if a song is good, no matter what like context you put it in, it'll be good, which might not. I mean, I also do think that I agree with that very okay. much. Yeah. I just think, I think your, your point, it seems like is more in the production and presentation of it. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I guess it's more like, it's more like having, having other people in mind a little bit when you make this decision, like how, yeah. I mean, of course, like I like have aesthetics that I like more, mm-hmm. like I gravitate towards the maybe slight, like less polished, um, more like lo-fi production, but doesn't mean I like, I t- totally think a song is a song is a song. And like, <laughs> I like, I listen to all sorts of music and uh-huh. yeah. Well, like, like the place where I see that breakdown is like sometimes, okay, like I think it's important that if a song that I do full band with my band doesn't sound good acoustic, that's a problem. Absolutely. You know? And I know that there's a lot of artists I listen to where I like a song and aesthetically, like, I don't know, I don't think every like, for instance, somebody who's like very clean and produced and has cool choices like the 1975 or something, like if they were to tone it down like i don't think all those songs would work acoustically um yeah and i that's yeah that's something i think about a lot because i mean there's a lot to be gained from like obviously there's music that's just purely like aesthetic yeah um which is awesome and you know Mm -hmm. there's a lot to be like a lot of inspiration to take from that but um that's not i mean that's not what i like set out to set out to do i always want to i always want to make sure there's a, yeah, make sure the, if you take every, if you strip everything else away that you're happy with the the song. I guess that's the difference, right? Is like your barometer for yourself versus what you enjoy, like what you make versus what you enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I enjoy like lots of music that's very like aesthetic driven. Like I, like I like a lot of electronic stuff and, Mm -hmm. um, and it inspires sometimes like production choices that we'll make. Right. Yeah. It's like a production choice over a songwriting choice is what you let it like do for your music. Yeah. It's like, I love, (laughs) I love a hundred gecks. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And I, I don't necessarily sit down and go like, I want to write a song (laughs) like a hundred gecks, but I sit down and go like, wow, this is, I love this production. And like, this is, this is so cool to me. And like, yeah, that's kind of a perfect example.
Yeah. I mean, that's just one example. Yeah. It's not like you're soulless. Yeah. It's not like you're stripping it out entirely. You know, you have like really nice vocal runs, at least in the stuff I've heard that are like, oh, thank you. I mean, I can't, res- I can't help myself. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta do it. Gotta do a few vocal runs. <laughs> yeah, of course. I'm um, totally like, a, I'm totally like a singer at heart. Like I, like I went, to, I was like in high school, I was like a vocal student and yeah. it was like, in like the gospel choir and like the vocal jazz group. And like, I can't completely shake that part of me, you know? Hell yeah. (laughs) Um, I like it too, by the way. Like if I, if I don't catch myself, if I'm like changing or in the shower and singing, it's so extra, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It's also like, sometimes like, I think I usually like sing more. I think there's a lot of difference in like how I sing like when I'm recording and how I sing live. Cause you know, like when I'm recording, it's more like I want the vocal choices to be like part of the aesthetic, uh, like the production vibe. But then when I'm singing live, it's just like, I'm more just like singing and having a good time. Yeah. And getting some attention perhaps too. Like, uh, part of that too, I think has to do with like you're playing instruments or you're just recording yourself singing. Right. Like, totally you get to focus a lot more on like the, the energy you want to bring to it. If you're not also worried about playing guitar or something. Yeah, definitely. That's a, yeah. Endless um, struggle, but yeah. Yeah. Well, the bright side is I, I showed right before doing this, I showed uh, your track to my roommate and he was like, this sounds like Elliot Smith, dude. <laughs> so there you go. We're, sh- we're shameless. Good though. With Good. Our, I mean, Elliot Smith. Yeah, Fan, I mean, fanboyness. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's it's very sad, but at least you know we can we can live it on, right? Oh yeah, um, absolutely. In the influence, definitely. I wanted to run you through some of the questions I ask everybody. Okay, for All sure. Right. Can you think of the worst show you ever played? Ooh, good question. Um. I have to like try to th- like think if I if I'm gonna offend anyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, if if we need to do it, just let me know. We'll cut no, it. No, but no, no. At um, least for me, I want to hear. The one I, I can't. I, I've definitely played a lot of bad shows, but I like can't think. I, I can't think of a specific one right now. Well, you can um, hit me with well, your best show I, experience I, first, if that helps. I, I'll tell you that I played one show actually with Phoebe at, okay. like at, in our early days of friendship at a place called Genghis Cohen. And I was like a, I was like 15 or 15 or 16 or something. And I broke, I broke a guitar string. And so then Phoebe threw me her guitar and then I broke a guitar string on <laughs> Phoebe's guitar. Dude, that's so classic though. Like why wouldn't you, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I was humiliating. And oh. like, I, I think like we played a show. This is in Houston and we popped, I popped a banjo string and I don't really have a bunch of fucking banjo strings lying around and you know, I learned my lesson. Like now I have them, but like I, I play banjo for one song in the set and then like halfway through the song I broke a string and we just had to like not finish the song. You didn't, you didn't finish the song. <laughs> I mean, I've just played it horribly, you know, like without important notes being audible. <laughs> I also did. I also, this was more recently. I played a, I, I played like an entire song with like one string, like, like completely not in the right tuning. Um, oh God. <laughs> and that was pretty bad too. <laughs> and wait, is Genghis Cohen like, were you able to play there as a teenager? 
Yeah, they're like they're in all they they're all ages. Oh, okay. Yeah. I always worry about that because like in San Diego there weren't any good venues that you could play that weren't bars. And like even like when we started our band, like one of our members was twenty and he like they wouldn't let him use the bathroom in the venue. Like he had to go down the street to the jack in the box. That's that's so that's so dumb. I that's mean, one, I mean one of the saddest. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How bad do you want to play a show when like a place that isn't paying you well <laughs> at all? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if at all sends you down the street. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, what about best show? Mm, I feel like, well, just cause the, I, I mean, forever, for whatever reason, it was a really good night. Um, but that, that skull crusher and another bummer show was, I felt really, really good about, um, that's one I can think of that I remember just feeling great. And I just had a great time, um, playing with all those guys and stuff. Yeah, something felt kind of special about it that night to me, even just as a bystander. To be yeah, honest. yeah. I think there was also like, maybe I'm crazy, but there's something in the air. I was like in the. Do you know uh, Warner from Warrenton? Yes. I was in the audience with him, and we were like looking up coronavirus, like, <laughs> like rate of trans, and we were just like, oh yeah, totally. Like, we might not, be, you know, like I don't know, still like oblivious to what was gonna happen. You know, yeah, maybe maybe we all had some kind of foresight. We were like, "This is the this is the end." Yeah, I kind of felt like we had to sneak in a, uh, I don't know, like a friend show or something, like something communal. Yeah, I also feel like it was like, I mean, it was the first time I saw Skull Crusher play, mm-hmm. but um, like I feel like right like after that, they just like fucking blew up. Yeah, I felt like it was happening during that that exact situation. But. Yeah, like everyone was just like standing there and just kind of like, what the fuck? Yeah, there was a moment. I definitely remember a moment where I was like talking to that. I was just like, oh, we all know what's kind of happening here. How exciting, you know? Yeah, it did feel like that. Okay, so I'm going to run through a couple of things. You just tell me the biggest lesson you learned about these things or a big lesson you learned about them. Okay, for sure. What's a big lesson you learned about production? Mmm fun okay i think i think a lesson i've learned about production is like and i'm still learning it is like uh just like aesthetics are like become dated really quickly and that you should like not like not literally you should never but you should try it as much as you can like not think in terms of like i want this to sound like this like I want this to sound like this like bedroom pop or I want this to sound like this like like Elliot Smith or I want you know like dude that is that is a killer response I couldn't agree more that's so good and I, I'm definitely yeah like I said I'm still learning that for sure but yeah, like we all are that's crazy but it's like yeah it's as much as you can just like looking for things that sound new I feel like is a quest that we're on right now. I mean, that's, there's so much in that. That's like, that goes back to a song as a song. Like, does this, does this hold up as a track? If you strip away any aesthetic choices you made? Yeah. And also like, will it, will this sound cool? Like in 10 years when this is no longer, when this sound is like no longer what the cool thing is. Totally. And bedroom pop was a perfect example because that's like a fad that is on its way out. If not out right now. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel like it is on its way out. Well, it's just, it was like, it was the capital two years ago. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know, like, I, I don't know what, 
is emerging. I feel like there's a little bit of like a like a Y2K kind of aesthetic emerging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, even before that, we keep pulling from the 80s in different ways. I feel like I keep checking on artists and they like kind of made their disco song, like indie ba- rock bands kind of made their disco track. And I don't know. I, I, I'm thinking about that too. Like what's the new fad? What's the new like, you know, if you're going to talk about like acoustic soft guy, like 2013, it was Mumford and Sons and Edward yeah. Sharp, you know? Exactly. Well, I, I was having a conversation with... I think it was Marshall, but we were talking about how like th- how like decades almost come back like in order. Like there was a there was a there was like a time when it was like okay everything sounded like seventies, and then yeah. it was like everything sounds like eighties, then it was nineties, and now it's kind of I feel like we're entering kind of a two thousands slash late nineties thing right now. I agree. And then we were like we looked at each other and we were like what's next like two thousand thirteen. Like right. folk, like like is Mumford and Sons gonna come back? <laughs> I mean, I mean, maybe because like the speed at at which that stuff changes has to be so much more quick because of the internet. Yeah, right. Totally. Like those eras would we would think of them as an entire decade, but it really is obviously like things don't just start and end because ten years pass. And now I think yeah. those like those decades, quote unquote decades or eras, like are moving a lot more rapidly because we can consume so much quicker. Absolutely. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see like, I mean, obviously there's so many different worlds of music, but like, and so many different things that are like quote unquote cool right now. But like, um, it'll be interesting to see like what happens next. That's a good point too. It's like also like this might feel like everybody sounds like that, but that's just because that's the part of the world that you're tuned into. Right. I mean, I don't even know, like, like what I I couldn't tell you, like what the like top song in America is right now. I would love to find that out. Do you think I should search that right now? Yeah, search it. I'm curious. (laughs) Well, how would I I mean, Billboard number one right now? Yeah. Okay. It's probably like WAP. WAP. Oh, that's actually not bad. Yeah. I I still haven't fully heard that song in its entirety. Yeah. I, I mean, it's like been, you know people like play it. Yeah. And so it's been on in the background when I'm in a room. Yeah. Or like a 20 second video on the internet, but I haven't totally. Really. Okay. Sat the num- down and yeah. The number one song in the world right now is something called positions by Ariana Grande. Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah. I've, I've, I, I did listen to that. Okay. This is, this seems like it's a big deal. Mood by 24 K golden featuring Ian Dior. Oh, I know that song. Okay, here's what I think. And then also something called Forever After All by Luke Combs, who looks like a country artist. That I have no idea. Me neither. (laughs) Isn't it interesting how, like, country music is always, like, the biggest genre, but a song will be, like, the number one song in the country, (laughs) and you'll be, like, and you'll have never heard it because, like, only people, people in middle America are listening to it. Yeah, I mean, if we were in Nashville, we'd fucking know who Luke Combs is, you know? Yeah. Exactly. I have no idea who Luke Combs is. I feel so bad. (laughs) Yeah. But I guess I didn't know anything up there. Like, I didn't know the Ariana song either. Yeah. Um, And, okay, that's the other thing that we didn't take into account is, like, all of those trends, I'm pretty sure, are dictated by TikTok right now. Well, that's that's what I was gonna... That's what I was thinking, is is TikTok has so much to do right now with, like, with... um, yeah, with what with what is with what's cool. 
So yeah. I don't even, there's not like a sound or anything <laughs> that's like signature to TikTok. It's just like TikTok has so many worlds in of itself. Yeah, it's it. I don't know. Nothing has felt like this l- lucrative and like much of a monster, even when you know adults try to talk, like relate to children and say Snapchat or Facebook, right? And like I are, know are off. You know, it's like this one's a big deal to us, even in in the terms of like the 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 scope. I I I I'm I'm personally pro TikTok. Look at that. <laughs> Help me out. I just think, well, I think it's cool. I mean, I, I go on TikTok a lot and just watch videos. I think it's cool that like, obviously there's the algorithm and stuff, but there's an extent, like there's an, I think it's cool that it's sort of like, it sort it like shows you stuff that it thinks you'll like, but yeah. based on like kind of a meaningful <laughs> criteria almost, <laughs> like it's kind of like, yeah, it's true. I do. I do like this stuff. Right. <laughs> like, like it all, it kind of like inserts you into certain subcultures in a way that I think is kind of cool and a little bit like, I mean, especially like I was talking about this with a friend, like, especially for like a lot of like kids that are like queer or marginalized in other ways. Like it kind of like directs them towards like people that are like them, which. Yeah. I've actually seen a good amount of that and, and you have to forgive me because I don't actually have TikTok, but I just have it through the filter of an Instagram explorer that just, you know, feeds TikTok in anyway, or reels, yeah. I guess, which is sort of yeah. the same thing. But, um, yeah, I, I'm seeing that as well, where it's like, I've actually learned some pronoun stuff, you know, just yeah. from, from that, that feed totally. myself, you know? Yeah. I mean, you just see stuff th- that you wouldn't necessarily see otherwise. Yeah. And, uh, and I also think this is funny. Like I have a friend who she's absolutely hilarious and she's blowing up on TikTok right now. Like I think she, oh, yeah. she, you know, she must have half a million followers, if not more. You have to since send, I send, send me her, send me her. I her will. Username. Nikki Dubes might be it, but, but I'll send it to you regardless. If that if name I, sounds familiar. Does it? Yeah. <laughs> the thing is she's been making this kind of comedy since we were in college. Like as long as I've known her, yeah. but the medium, like the format caught up to her sense of humor. You know, that's so, that's so interesting. Yeah. Like her, her outlet was never right. And now it's perfect for her like little soundbite, tiny joke where she's just making fun of suburban white moms or something. Yeah. Like the whole, the front facing video thing. Yeah. Like is so, I love a front facing video. <laughs> um, so that was like, I don't know. One of the things where like, it's just opened my eyes to be like, Oh, look at that. Like there, there's, there's so many different avenues. And then when I talk to somebody who's like, you know, in a band and they're like, I don't know what happened, but like the song has millions of plays now just cause of TikTok or whatever. Yeah. And it's kind of like, there's no, like, like truly anyone can blow up on TikTok. It's not like a, a matter of privilege really, or like a, you know? Yeah. It's not just cause you did WAP. Like it can be any soundbite. Yeah. I mean, obviously like if you're Cardi B, then your song was probably going to blow up on TikTok. But I mean like sure. more on the, on the like smaller scale, like mm-hmm. just like teens that like get lots of followers on TikTok. It's like, it could just be anyone. I, yeah. What a world. And, and like, that's the same as like not being able to predict, you know, what we were talking about, not being able to predict trends, like whether that's a genre trend or like a medium trend. Um, right, right. Yeah. Okay. That I'm was not pre- sure. 
That, I don't. I don't know either. Well, that's <laughs> that's a good tangent. I'm gonna bring it. Do you remember that that was a uh, that was? What were we talking about? Production. We were talking about biggest lesson in production. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's great though. Um, what about a big lesson in collaborating? Hmm. Hmm. I. That's interesting. I feel like I feel like I, I, maybe a lesson in collaborating is like whenever I do because I do I do like co-writes sometimes that are not necessarily like for for me or sometimes they're just they're just for fun like get together and see if we can make something yeah so like not not have any preconceived like notion of like i want to make something that is for me or like for like yeah just not be just like i try to go into like sessions like that like one-off rights or something with just like a we're just gonna write a song like no matter what and like it's not going to be what either of us are imagining probably. Yeah. That's been a big, you know, I I've also been dipping my toe in that world and it's, yeah. and it's a different world. Yeah. It's like, a, you know, writing songs like with the intention of having like, like we're basically just writing pop songs, but because the, the pitch is like that they're like quote unquote folky, like it's like a pop song with a banjo on it, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> or like a mandolin. And like, that's yeah. the only difference to me really, you know? Right. Right. But, uh, I don't know. It's, it's really, it's really an exercise to me. It's been an exercise in like, how, how do I write? And it's not about my feelings at all. Like it's just to be catchy, you know? Yeah. I think it's super fun and free. Agreed. Yeah. Like, me too. Yeah. To not, to not have pressure to have it be so personal. Yeah. I didn't think I'd like it as much as I do, but it's really fun to be like, not stressed about like burying your soul. <laughs> totally. And I mean, I love like, I love pop music so much. Yeah. So it's just, it's fun to like kind of try to get in that mindset. Yeah, totally, man. Um, how much like when you do that stuff, is it usually intentioned or is it like, we're just getting together to see what we do? Um, totally some of each. Like, I mean, Great. with, yeah, I I'd say, I mean, sometimes I do like, writing sessions that are more like official but sometimes Mm -hmm. it'll be more like yeah just like you know someone i meet just like we should get together sometime and try to see if we can come up with something um perfect it goes both ways that's good that's i mean i i'm a big proponent of like flex all the muscles you can like try to have as many musical outlets as you can because that'll they all inform each other like they help when you get back to do your own stuff like it will still help you to have written yeah. more period. I have, yeah, I have like, I've, I've done some writing sessions with this, with my friend Sophie who makes music under the name of silver sphere. Great. Um, and she's, she's, a, she's like totally a pop artist. And yeah. I think she's, I think she's the fucking coolest. And, um, I love making music with her cause we do completely different things. Um, yeah. and I have so much respect for what she does. And I, like, I feel like I learn stuff. Like she just thinks about things differently. And like, I, like her music is kind of like, it, it's like has one foot in the like PC music world. Yeah. Um, I don't like the, like Charlie XCX, like totally. Yeah. yeah. So it's just cool. To, it's cool. It's cool to like, for me to like get in her mindset. That's awesome. I, yeah. I, uh, I just found it silver sphere. Oh That's yeah, awesome. you definitely, definitely check it out. It. Okay, we'll do. Yeah. Um, okay, what about a big lesson you learned about performing? 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I haven't thought about performing even in so long. I don't think I've, <laughs> that's a hard one. I don't know. Just like fucking tune your guitar. <laughs> in a sense, not to read in, but tune your guitar does mean so that you don't have to worry about it and you can just be present, you know? Yeah. Like tune your guitar and just like <laughs> be prepared. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. These totally. are like, duh. Like, but I, honestly, these are the lessons I'm learning. Like, I still feel like I'm very like kind of a, a, a newbie in terms of like, playing i don't feel very seasoned sure yeah you're green Um, but that's i mean it's great it's you know you're always learning it's exciting yeah yeah and also like you could you know ask anybody like what what do you know about performing you know and they will have played one show and have one answer and then play their second show and have a totally new answer because they like because you learn a new thing literally every time you know yeah yeah um what sorry go ahead no, uh, I did you have a thought? Did I kill it? Oh, I was just gonna say, like, I mean, like, there probably after every show, I'm like, oh, I wish this was different, um, about yeah. something, but it's like the sad thing is you just have to, you can't just stop doing shows until they're like, like, that is how you learn. Like, yeah, one, one of the big lessons I learned is like keeping that shit to myself at the end of shows when people come up and go, like, hey, great job. oh my god i have yeah i have the worst habit of like of like people coming up to me after shows and being like oh that was good and me just being like no it wasn't it was no i suck horrible yeah (laughs) i was out of tune on this song and this song and (laughs) they're like cool and then you never know if people are lying to you at that point because i know that's the worst part right yeah Yeah, I once I started being like, oh, thanks so much. I was like, wow, this is easier. They don't need to. They don't need to know about it. You know, <laughs> they like, don't need sa- to. They don't need to do emotional labor for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Save it for the yeah. one guy who is invested in that department. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about a big lesson in writing? A big lesson in writing. I mean, yeah. I think kind of what we were saying before, like, just don't be afraid to like really work on something a lot. Mm-hmm. And also, I guess like. Um, maybe for me, like a quest that I'm on is to just like be more, um, be more straightforward, not that. And that doesn't have to always mean like plain spoken, but like, just like, I always like songs where I feel like I, I, like I get, I get what's happening, (laughs) you know? Totally. That's a big deal. That's a lot of unlearning. I feel like you think you have to be so abstract when you like start to be a songwriter. Yeah. I mean, Phoebe, Phoebe, I think is one of the big, like she does this Phoebe and Marshall, like as writing partners, Uh um, like do this better than anybody. But like Phoebe always says like, you know, if you're, if you have a, if you have a thought, you you know, like just, just say, just say exactly what the thought is. Like, don't try to make it sound flowery or like, yeah. Cause almost anything that's anything that's, like anything that is true is usually like interesting or moving in some way. I agree. It's like when you start to like be more literal, it can actually let a lot more people in. Totally. Then, but yeah, I I really do feel like that's unlearning. Like when I first started writing, I thought it had to be poetic and then me too, dude. And the poetry's in, in the, in the, you're right. Like the straightforwardness, right? Yeah. I think it just comes from like listen, listening to different shit, you know, like I like listened to 
was like just starting to write songs, I listened to a lot of people that were writing more like dense, flowery, yeah. like with lots of like meta that, that like set like said bones a lot. Dude, they're always t- you're always talking about your bones and your eyelids, right? Yeah, I never <laughs> want to hear about anyone's bones ever again. <laughs> Dude, it's so funny because I have a song from when I was like eighteen called Bones. Yeah, I have called Broken that I was on an EP I put out when I was like sixteen, <laughs> but it says bone. It says like bones. It says like tattered and like bones and. Uh, Dude, these tropes are perfect. My like, like, uh, you talk about like people out here talking about blood and bones and <laughs> being ripped up and their eyes are closed. And the worst is when you're like in there, like you're in that metaphor zone and then you start saying stuff and you're like, I don't even know what I mean anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. <laughs> so I would, yeah, I would say that's a, I'd say that's a lesson. I'm definitely am learning. Um, I have learned a little bit. But yeah it's like it's just such a classic like i don't know i just i don't want to name names but like but like just like like it's kind of is like the mumford and sons thing i think mumford and sons are big enough to that they're like it's like fair game to like shit talk them like we totally. don't have any we don't have any like mutual friends with them or anything yeah exactly <laughs> well i mean i can think like even on a different level it's like there's other people who know how to ride the line look at like the national like Matt Berninger, like, he'll talk about specific things. He'll say specific nouns about places or, like, oh, the, li- yeah. the liquor store or whatever. But then there's other times where you're like, this shit is, you know, his last record's called Serpentine Prison. Like, I have no idea what that means, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not against poetry. <laughs> no, 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 no. In any way. But I my, love lyrics that are I love lyrics that are poetic. I guess there's there's no real like formula for like when it works and when it doesn't. It's just like sometimes it does and Yeah. But what were you, what were you going to say? I was just going to say that it's like well that's a guy who's seasoned enough to know when to pull the trigger on the poetry and when to like Matt? keep it to him. Yeah, I yeah. think so, you know. Yeah, like people like Matt and like Connor Oberst, like you know, obviously very poetic writers, but it's like always it's always very genuine yeah i um i've been thinking a little bit about like the first line of a song lately Mm. and like if you're trying to tell a story like being more intentional about like like starting in the middle if that makes sense oh interesting yeah um like i i was listening to um do you know darwin d's i don't I really love him. I think he's a really great writer. I love his lyrics. And like, I was listening to a song of his called the bomb song. And it's like, you know, like supposed to be some post-apocalyptic song. But the reason I got into it, like in the, in that last pass of it was because he, the first line is the sky's green. So like, you already know what's up. Right. It's like, you're just immediately there. It yeah. does. It's not like, and then that's like one of the hardest things to do, like as a songwriter to just like, I don't know if you're like embodied, like, talking about a fictional situation or embodying a fictional character or something right. like to like put, to like imply that, that whole like backstory, like with, with, with in just like a, a, a song, like, yeah, to, like imply to that. start to not start from the beginning and to start in the middle and like make it feel like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and to, sometimes it's even crazier. Like they can apply all that in a line. 
you know? Yeah, which is so, like, it's so, like, like, there's that, I'm just thinking about this, this, like, um, you know, the song, you know, the song Louisiana by Randy Newman. Yeah. I was just thinking about that being such a great example of it. Like the first, the first line of it is just, is like what we know, what we know down here is the wind have changed. Like, <laughs> I just feel like just in there, there's like so much implied, like it's established, like you're in deep South. Like yeah. you're in, like, I, I don't know if that's a, no, it's a perfect example. There's, you know, that you're like in the South, you know, that there's like a history to it. Yeah. That's a hard thing to do. Yeah. That's, I don't know. I've just been thinking about it more. I don't even know if I've even tried to do it myself yet. Just, just thinking about it, you know? Yeah. Um, it's yeah. That That's, that's, that's cool. That's a good way of putting it starting in the middle. I love that, man. Okay. Writing is being more straightforward. Um, you, you mentioned you were watching a lot of TV. What, what, what are you on right now? What are you into? What have I been watching lately? I watched, um, a show recently. I watched a, a show called Death Feet. <laughs> That is like a, it's a, like a, like a dating show about a bunch of kids at a school for. I've heard of this. People. That I really enjoyed. Did you um, watch Love on the Spectrum? I did watch Love, which I in- simultaneously loved and also it made me very uncomfortable. I understand that. I thought it was the most heartwarming thing ever. Is Does it line up with Defu at all? I heard Defu is a little more intense. I think Defu is a little more like. It felt like the, I mean, with Love on the Spectrum, it felt like the, like really like the, I mean, obviously all the characters or not characters, but you know, everyone Uh, on the show was like struggling with, with like struggling with social skills, like the very, just like the, the most important like aspect of like going on a date. But with the deaf you, it was like, they were all deaf and they all knew how to talk to each other. So it didn't feel it. There was not like as much of a heaviness to it. Okay, gotcha. Like it almost it it sort of just felt like they were all very comfortable in their in their uh-huh. world, right? So okay. It was more just a fun show, like yeah, I thought like petty drama and stuff. <laughs> That's fun. The one yeah. the one thing I heard from it that was like you know you learn stuff on it. The person that told me that they saw was like, yeah, dude, like you don't think like they have to like if they're cuddling and they want to talk to each other, they have to stop cuddling so they can communicate and then go back. You're talking about deaf you? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's. I was just like, wow. I had you know things that have never crossed my mind. Right. Um, I watched that. I, I've, I'm having a thing where I'm like blanking on what I've watched. Recently. Dude, that's exactly that. That was like because I'm highly addicted to television. I've been watching so much stuff during the quarantine, and I you I can't remember any of it. Yeah. Oh, I wa- Oh, okay. I. Re- so my absolute favorite thing that I've watched during quarantine mm-hmm. is a show called Lennox Hill. Okay. Lennox Hill. Um, oh, is that yeah. the Grey's Anatomy spinoff? It's no, it's not a Grey's Anatomy. Sp- it's a, it's a, it's like a, not a reality show, but like a docu series oh. um, that just fall. It is about doctors. It follows just this group of doctors um, at a hospital in New York city called Lennox Hill. And it's just about like, some of them are, there's like, it's like a few of them are ER doctors and a few of them are brain surgeons and it follows just like them and their patients. And it's just like, like it doesn't, describing it doesn't do it justice, but it's just the most like strangely <laughs> moving thing that I've seen. And you just kind of, I feel like there's no way, you just have to watch it. Like, I love it. There, there's something about it that's just so good. Yeah. 
I, I, I totally understand when you're, especially when you're in it, like when you can fully give yourself to the show you're watching, like I'm just in queer eye right now. Like I just didn't start it when everybody else did. And oh I'm, yeah. And I'm just in I, it right now. And I, and I'm like on a 45 minute loop of crying, you know? Oh wow. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't watched much. I haven't watched, I haven't watched much <laughs> queer eye just a little bit. Um, but yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. I, I, I can imagine. So I understand what you mean when you're just like being moved. Like I made just exactly on track for, for to like everything that they're doing, you know? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, dude. Those are all my questions. Okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with me. <laughs> yeah, man. This was fun. Um, it's a pleasure to meet you. Likewise. Thanks so Thanks, much for man. doing this, man. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Have a good, have a good rest of your day. <laughs> you too, man. Be safe out there. And now seeing as how we just discussed how long it's going to be, I really am excited to <laughs> see how naive we were in this moment. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Much All right, love, man. man. See you <laughs> Bye. later. Bye. All right. There you have it. That was me and Charlie Hickey chatting. I hope you enjoyed that. My favorite part was when he was explaining TikTok to me, you know, I'm coming around. I'm into it now. Um, Also, just for anybody who knows me and my friends, uh, my bassist, Colin Bapel. I think Charlie looks a lot like Colin. So if you want to look that up, Colin's at Boptimus Prime on Instagram. Um, I got nothing else to plug. I'm just talking to myself, man. Much love. That was fun. See you next week. I'm Peter Shrupp. And uh, I love you. Appreciate you. Peace.